There's going to be some paper bags that are going to be passed back and forth. At the end of the sermon, I'm going to select two people. Um, if we have a third one, I'll probably give that third one away in the 4.30 service. Um, and what we do, we, we literally take, and I don't know, some of you, if this is your first time with us, you're thinking, you're giving away money at this church. Yes, we do. Okay, not to our people. We give them to our people, and they take it out into, into their world, wherever they are, and we give that money to someone. And then that person that gives it away writes me back a story. And in your worship handout today, if you, if you have this, you can flip it all the way open to the middle, and you can read the Touch Someone's Life gift that was given away last month. About that person gave it to somebody that was headed off to college, and they needed, they needed the money. But if, you, if you're one of the people that are going to take that offering this morning, if you would come ahead and, and come to the, to the front and just pass those popcorn bags back, and instead of having you, guys, having you guys flip to the scripture that we're going to be in today, as they continue to take the offering, I just want you to pay attention to me, unless the bags go on by you. At Connection, starting in September, we are going to do a 50-day devotional seven-week study on a word called transformed. Now these are books that Connection has bought. Part of them, we are going to sell these starting next week. Every Sunday in August, there's five Sundays in August. Every Sunday um, in August, we're going to sell these out here. Um, these retail for $24.99. Okay, I'm not saying this to show off, but here's the deal. We're going to ask five bucks for them. It's a 50-day devotional guide. That's 10 cents a day. Okay, didn't, we didn't think that was that bad. Okay, a dime a day. And if and if you want to, we would encourage you. If you want to buy two or three for your family, or you want to buy three or four for your family, and you only have a couple people in there, give them away. Okay. But the Transform series is going to start in September, and this is what it's going to be. This book is going to be your 50-day, basically your other Bible. Okay, for 50 days. It's a 50-day devotion, devotion that you can have one-on-one with God. In the very beginning of the week, it has a place for sermon notes. I'm going to be giving my version of what Rick Warren uses for seven weeks in a row, and we're going to go through this book, so you have it for sermon notes. And then you have it for seven days during the week, and then we're also going to do all of our connect groups are going to do this. Transformation. God desires for us to not remain the same. We're going to talk about that some, some, somewhat today, but if you are familiar with Romans 12 too, and, and since we use the New Living Translation, this, is, this has been a, a while since I've read it like this, but Romans 12 too, in the NIV says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now the renewing of our mind, being transformed is something that we the only thing that we like transformed is the movie, Transformers. Okay? And if I had an adult Transformer costume, I would show you what it looks like. You can YouTube it. There's some kids that have Transformer costumes. They're awesome. But God wants... I have, I have studied this. And I think right now that connection will see dramatic changes in our own life, in our personal life, when we dive into this transformed study, and God is allowed, see, sometimes we don't allow him to, when God is allowed to change the way that we think. So with that being said, next Sunday they start going on sale. We're asking $5. Um, if that's a problem, you come and see me, okay? Freedom from regret. And this is already an ugly word. Some of us don't like even mentioning the word regret. We don't like talking about it. 
If you're new to Connection, my name's Matt, and I want to welcome you to a church called Connection. But at our church, our church is not a place. It's a way of thinking. We have let God transform the way that we do things, that some of us grew up doing a whole different way. But we have asked God to use us in this community to reach it. But oh man, regret. We don't like talking about that word. If I, just, if I just say regret, you cringe on the inside. I just mentioned the word regret, you cringe on the inside. Let me, let me ask God to speak to our hearts this morning, if you will. Just, just bow with your heads with me. God, we thank you so much for this day. God, we ask that as we study, as we study about this, this word, but having the freedom from it, God, that you begin to speak to us. God, if there, I pray right now that if there are relationships like I had in my life yesterday, that you speak to me about making new again, that we regretted doing something. God, if it's not in our power anymore, that we can get over it. God, that we can leave it in the past and we can have that freedom from it today. Because you love us, God. You love us too much to leave us where we are. And sometimes we just sit where we are and we spin our tires in the way things used to be. God, give us fresh eyes to see this this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. If I, have, if I have all of you and we had a private meeting. Oh, man. Some of you, some of you don't like private. It, like, oh, if, you, if your boss calls you in. Did you know that all the times that your boss calls you into his office or her office, it may not be bad. But we is all negative, right? It's like in the, it's like in the, in, in the school. If you have to go to the principal's office, it's like a death sentence. It would have been in my house, because I knew if I got in trouble at school, I was going to get in trouble at home. Okay? I never got to go. All right? But if I ask you all privately, is there something that you regret? I think if, we will, we, if all of us were honest, and if all of us really, really, really looked, there would probably be some things that we would have regretted in our past. I know that I do. Why are you preaching on regret? Why, why this negative thing about regret? I'm not preaching on regret. I'm preaching on the freedom from it. See, too many times we just, we get what's, what's comfortable, what we've always been spinning our tires in, and we keep putting that in our life. It's called insanity. You know, what, you know why that is? Because you keep putting the same thing in, expecting a different result, and it's not going to happen. That's why the Transform series is going to be so good. God is going to change the way that we think. Sometimes we may, re, we may have regretted the way that we acted in a situation. Sometimes we regret things that we said. Now you understand what I'm talking about here. You're having a conversation with somebody, sometimes it gets a little escalated, and it gets a little bit louder, and it gets a little bit louder and gets a little bit louder, maybe there's some door slamming going on, and you say something that's extremely sharp, and it gets about right here out of your mouth, and you wish that you could grab those words. Amen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you've said that, whether it was to your children, whether it was to your mate, we have those things. Maybe we regret some of the things that we did. God is in the business of letting you, helping you let go of that stuff. I think the problem with regret is this. Too often in life, we spend our time looking backwards and not enough time looking forward. We get stuck. God brings you to this place. Matt, I want you to do this. But God, I have this. I can't do, 
I have this in my life. Do you remember what it was like when I did this and I did this and I did this? Here's the, odd, here's the odd formula of this equation. Are you ready? If I'm standing here, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I have a relationship with Jesus. I'm, I'm, if you use church language, I'm a Christian. I'm a saved person. Okay? Now watch this. God asked me to do something, and I say, God, but I'd have, I have all this stuff that I've done wrong in my life. And if I have truly repented of that stuff, do you know what God's answer is? What stuff are you talking about? Because the Bible says whenever we ask God to forgive us, he says, it's gone. I don't understand. My, my little mind cannot, cannot wrap comprehension around that. I don't understand. But when God is asking me, sometimes I spend too much time. God, I can't possibly be good enough to do this because you, you know. You know. And he goes, no, I don't. I can't remember. We spend too much time looking backwards and not enough time looking forwards. If you have your, your purple worship handout with me, or with you, I, want you to, I invite you to open that up. There are going to be some, some places where you can, that you can take some notes today. Look on, the, look on the first screen. We'll fill in that first blank. How about this? Maybe this is you today. Perhaps that you wish you could go back and change things. <sighs> hmm. The past is the past, okay? Sometimes it has consequences if it's negative. Okay, we deal with the consequences. Maybe you did something wrong. Then there were consequences. Okay, sin has consequences. God told us that. Genesis chapter 3. How, does it, how do we know it had consequences? Adam and Eve could no longer live in a place of perfection called the Garden of Eden. They had to leave. And not only that, we see as they left the garden, God said, there has to be payment for your sin. And he took the skins of two animals and he put clothes on them because they realized they were naked. And from Genesis chapter 3 until today, we've completely perverted that whole thing. Our world is a broken place. You and I daily probably say this. Man, I wish I could go back to that meeting at uh, 10 o'clock this morning and I wish I could have said this. I prayed a while ago. I thank God for the thing that I, that I got to do yesterday. I had a conversation with someone. You ever have a conversation with someone and you know you're right? We know where this is going. Now, I entered that conversation trying to have as much godly love. I honestly did. As much godly love as I could to show my my point, my reasoning, my thing behind that. And I ended the phone call, and I thought it ended well. Because I was right. You know. You've been right before. Some of the wives are going, no, he hasn't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and I went out to mow my yard. And I mowed my yard, and I mowed my yard, and I mowed my yard. And I got done. And throughout the time I was mowing my yard... God began to speak to me. He said, I'm not sure that I was completely in your conversation. I know that you said you started out that way, but I don't think that you stayed with me. You had to voice your opinion in there, didn't you? God, it's in the past. Can we just let this go? Or, or we do this. God, I'm sorry. I repent for that phone conversation. Okay, that's great, he says. Now I want you to call him back and tell him you're sorry. Oh, no, no, 
Bad connection, didn't hear you, sorry, sorry. And I got back inside, and the more I thought about it, I said, you know what, maybe I could have said a couple things differently than I, than I, than I, than I did. You have to understand, sometimes when, you, when you're in a conversation, sometimes it's not your job to win the argument. Did you, did you know that? I said, God, I'm going to call this person back. And I want you to help me do something. I want to right any wrongs. If I, if I had any, which I'm sure that I did. I want you to help me do this. This is not easy. You ever had to say you're sorry when you knew you were right? Oh. But maybe my tone was wrong. So I called this person back and I said, hey. I'm sorry for the way that maybe my tone is. If you took this differently. I'm sorry. If you took it negatively, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it like that. I was just trying to show you this point and I explained with them about that. And it really made me feel good. And that person said, you know, it takes a lot of guts to call somebody back like that. And then I said, I'm really good friends with this person. I said, yeah, it's really not easy for me to talk to you about this because, you know, when you think you're right, you think you're right. And they said, I know, I understand. I've been in your shoes. I know what that's like. And I could have... I could have regretted never calling that person today. I could have regretted that. But I called him instantly. And I said, hey, I want you to know that you mean this to me. See, I wish that I could go back and change the first time that I had the conversation, but I couldn't. But God says, oh, but I can change it. And I went back. Maybe you did this. Maybe you blurted out a biting response to your mate. I know none of you do this. I know none of you say anything. Uh, you know, my wife isn't here this morning. She's going to be back this afternoon. She's been visiting Missouri. But my wife, we've been married for 12 years, and she knows every single one of my buttons. Did you know that? The wives are smiling. It's like some, they get some kind of degree when they get married. It's like, I can find out my husband's buttons in three, two, got them. <laughs> like, okay. You know what? I know her buttons too. I know how to set her off. And sometimes I may say something that has a biting response. Maybe I'm too sarcastic. Maybe I don't understand where she's coming from or what kind of day that she's had and I say something just that just pushes the button. Maybe you spoke a hurtful word to your child. I've been there. Listen, kids are kids. Someday, you see, you see somebody out in the grocery store and this is what they say. You know, they're acting however they're going to act, okay? And then the person comes up. It's from church. They're from church. person comes up from church and your kid's like this. And you're sitting there going, oh, you haven't acted like that all day. But maybe, maybe, maybe you said something. Maybe this. Maybe, maybe you said something to your parent that you didn't mean, but you said it anyway. I've had to go back in my past through Celebrate Recovery and my life inventory, and I had to go back to my parents, and I had to do a whole lot of apologizing. When I started to talk about some of these things, my mom and dad honestly said, I, I, Matthew, I don't remember this. I said, I do. 
let me apologize for this. He said, you know that time that I told you that I hated you? I didn't mean that. In fact, I'm very thankful for what you did. See, I went back, and it's not easy. It's not easy. But do you ever wish you could go back and change things? Maybe you let that angry comment come out to a friend or a coworker. That person that's really close to you, but maybe you just spent just a little bit too much time with them, and they did something, and you know, the book of James says that our tongue is exceptionally sharp. Did you know that you can't unsay things? <laughs> whatever we have done, whatever we said, we knew it was wrong, and we wished we could undo it. That's regret. We wish that we could undo it. Maybe you still want to do this. Maybe you still want to say, oh, I, can't. I need to go back and change things. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 26, and I want to give you a little, a little background. Matthew chapter 26, the first book in the, in the New Testament. We're going to be in the 26th chapter. Now, we talk about regret. Now, okay, it's one thing to see about Matt's life, and okay, that's, okay, that's great, that's great, but you don't really know where I come from. I want to, we're going to talk about a guy that probably has one of the worst cases of regret in the history of this world. Matthew 26 Verse 31, we're going to pick it up, and we're going to be talking about a guy named Peter. If you know Peter's life story, you're going to understand where this is going to go, but you may not have ever heard it in this light. But Peter, probably sitting around a campfire, and the scripture happens, probably has this regret. He wishes that he could go back and change things. Look at, let's look at verse 31 in chapter 26 of Matthew. It says, on the way, Jesus told them, tonight all of you will desert me. Now, for... I'm sorry, what? Can you imagine being a disciple? Jesus turns around. Now, you have seen everything that Jesus has said has come true in three years. You ever been around anybody like that? The answer is no, okay? Jesus, everything that he says, they may not understand it, but everything that he said has come true. So Jesus tells them, he walks, he's walking and he says, listen, tonight all of you will desert me. Dude, what are you, th- what are you talking about? For the scriptures say, he goes on, it says, God will strike the shepherd. Notice that, notice that God, and, God and the shepherd, strike is, has the E beside it. It's used a little bit differently in different contexts. God and the shepherd are both capitalized. God is the father, shepherd is Jesus. And it says, and the sheep of the flock, he goes on, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Will be scattered. You're walking along with Jesus. You hung out with this guy for three years. And he, and he turns around and he just drops a bomb on you. He said, hey guys, uh, tonight you guys are all going to desert me. No, we won't. Almost like this. Matthew is a young guy in the house, in my mom and dad's house. And I'm playing ball with myself. I have a, I have a baseball. My mom says, Matthew, you're going to break something. No, I won't. No, I won't. You know, I told you last week that I didn't like dishes. You know why I don't like dishes? Because they break. On Monday, I was doing dishes, and I had one of them slip, and it fell and hit me the top of the foot, and the other side hit the, hit the side of the floor, and it just shattered. Now, I remember doing dishes with my sister whenever I was younger, and we'd be, we'd be messing around, and, and sometimes it would slip and it would break. Mom said, you need to be careful or it's going to break. No, it won't. This is the same thing. Look at the, look at the next verse. 
Jesus again, but after I have been raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. They cannot understand this. There's no way they could possibly understand that their buddy, this Jesus guy, their savior, the Messiah, their rabbi, their teacher, he says, I'm going to go away and I'm going to die. What if somebody told you, um, okay, first of all, they're going to kill me. The next next thing, God's going to raise me back from the dead and then I'll meet you in Galilee. I'm sorry. What? This has never been done before, okay? Look at verse 33. Peter declared, even if everyone else deserts you, I will never desert you. This is the bold man. Have you ever been this guy? My mom says, Matthew, quit playing ball in the house. You're going to break something. No, I won't. No, I won't. I'm that good. I can control the ball. I know what's going on. See, Jesus is talking to these people, his disciples, and he says, listen. You are all going to desert me. And Peter so boldly says, even if everybody else, even if I'm alone, Jesus, I will never, ever desert you. Look at 34. Jesus replied, the speaker of all things true turns around. Look at this. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter. This very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times that you even know me. quite possibly top 10 sharpest things that Jesus ever said to anyone in the Bible. After such a boldly, God, I'm not going to do it. And he turns around and he says, Peter, you're not going to do it once. You're going to do it three times. Sharp. Look at verse 35. Peter exclaimed, this is, this is Peter the bold dude. No, no, I won't. Matthew, you're going to break something. No, I won't. Peter says, no, he insists Even if I had to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the other disciples vowed the same. Oftentimes, we we hear this. We hear, well, Peter's the one that denied Jesus three times. And Peter's the one that did this. And Peter's the one that he said, look at this, all of them. And all the other disciples vowed the same thing. There wasn't one betrayal that night. There was two. We'll find out about that in a minute. If you have your worship hand out, look at this. It says, Peter never saw himself doing such a thing. Now, for those of you that know the story, we know the rest of the story. He does. He did deny Jesus three times. Now watch this. This, is, this was something that I found in my study that it was just, it blew me away. Now we think Peter is the bold guy. Listen, the same guy that in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus is arrested, okay, before the long, long night starts, before he goes on a fake trial and they convict him of everything. Peter is the one that draws his sword out and cuts off the ear to protect Jesus of one of the guards. Now watch this. This guy is bold enough and brave enough, A, to carry a sharpened weapon and to defend by swinging. This is the original conceal and carry, okay? And he cut off the guard's ear. To which Jesus, by the way, puts it back and he heals him right in front of him. But Peter is this bold. He says, no, you stay away from Jesus. And he swung and he cut off his ear. And watch this. This same guy is completely crumbled in a few hours by a question from a servant girl that said, aren't you one of Jesus' followers? A guy protecting himself and Jesus with a sword against a strong Roman guard 
crumbled at a servant's girl question, says, aren't you one of Jesus' followers? And Peter says, no, I don't even know that man. See, sometimes we have such good intentions, don't we? I'm going to go. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to do it next week. I'm going to forget about it. Our good intentions. And then when we're called, when Peter was called out on it, he said, no, no, no. Look at your worship handout with me. In Peter's life, we can see that there was a time of pain, a time of disappointment, and a time of regret. We see pain, we see disappointment, and we see regret. Now, in Peter's life, we see this. We see as soon as he denies Christ three times, he hears the rooster. Can you imagine the pain? Can you imagine it? His emotions hurt. The time of disappointment. Can you imagine what he was thinking as he, as he went away from the crowds and he got by himself and he probably asked himself this question. You want to talk about regret watch, and disappointment? Watch this. Peter, how could you say that? Jesus told you you were going to... How? And, do you remember what, all God, what Jesus had done for you? Do you remember when he came to the boat and he called us? Do you remember what he did for us, how he, how he provided for us, how he taught us, how he hung out with us, how he ate with us, and all we can do is deny him, Peter, you're an idiot. And he had a time of regret. Why? Why did I say that? You ever had one of those epiphany moments? Why? Why did I say that so sharply? Why do I have to be right all the time? something that I struggle with all the time. Why do I have to be right? I don't. It's not my job to be right. It's my job to give truth and let God work. It's not my job to be right. I saw that yesterday, and I called up my friend, and I was very emotional. I said, I'm sorry. I should have never said that. And he literally said, he goes, I didn't really think of anything was too out of line. Okay, but I want to make sure. Because if I was convicted about it, something was sharp. God doesn't just do that for fun. Maybe your situation in your family right now is a time of pain or disappointment or regret. We're in too big of a crowd with too many people for this not to be real. Pain is very real, disappointment is real, and regret is very real. But the good news of the gospel is that the story doesn't end there. Peter's story is not done. Peter's story demonstrates the healing power of God's faithfulness. Now, I know what you're thinking. Matt, you don't know what I've done. Matt, you don't know what I've lived with. You don't know what what I did. You don't know that I did this. You don't know that I did this. We're talking about a guy who physically denied knowing the Son of God that he followed for three years. If people in the Bible that I study, like Saul, who eventually became Paul, do you think Paul regretted his life? Paul was the best missionary this world has probably ever known, but before he was a missionary, he killed Christians. And I know that we don't like to study this, but if you want to talk about, he didn't just kill them. There there are secular historical records, not biblical, secular records. That said they would put these Christians that like to chant these songs and talk to this God. They would soak them in oil. They would put them in big bird cages. And they would light them on fire like candles. This is not funny. 
This is not something that they just killed. It was torture. Do you think Paul had regret about the first part of his life? See, there's nothing too big. God's faithfulness supersedes anything that you can possibly think of in your life. Well, I didn't do this, or I was never home around my kids, or I never did this, or I did this. There is nothing bigger. God's faithfulness will cover. It will cover it. God's faithfulness can make a difference in our, in our life. So that night, I told you, I told you there were two betrayals. And I thought, what the? One, two. Peter, because he denied Jesus in the courtyard after Jesus had been arrested. But earlier at the meal, there had been another one. Judas. Think about this. Let's, let's pretend to be Jesus' mind. You have a meal with somebody that's followed you for three years. We talk about kicking the stomach here. And Judas denies him, turns him in, basically, for 30 pieces of silver. And Jesus looks right at him. During that meal, he even says, one of you sitting at this table is going to deny me. And he actually should have said two. But Peter denied Jesus in the courtyard, but Judas had betrayed Jesus with a kiss. Remember, he came up to him, kissed him, and they arrested. They knew who to arrest. If you have your Bibles and you want to flip a couple pages, we're going to be in Matthew 27, 1 through 5 in just a second. But here we see Judas. Judas realizes what he had done. Now, he's sorry. There's nowhere in Scripture that it doesn't say Judas was sorry. If you, it, now, listen, this is not 1,000% historically accurate. But if you've seen the passion of the Christ and you saw what Judas did and he has that silver and he's handed the silver and he realized what he does, what does he do? He said, I don't want this. It's blood money. I don't want it. Judas realized that he'd done wrong. He is sorry. Now, does he, do you think Judas had regret for his actions? Absolutely. Absolutely. He had regret, but he didn't have repentance. That we know of. It's not recorded. He went and he hung himself. His story comes to a bitter conclusion at the end of a rope. Look at what what Matthew 27, 1 says. It says, Very early in the morning, the leading priests and the elders of the people met again to lay plans for putting Jesus to death. Then they bound him, led him away, and took him to Pilate, the Roman governor. When Judas, who had betrayed him, Realized that Jesus had been condemned to die. He was filled with remorse. He had regret. He had pain. So he took the 30 pieces of silver back to the leading priest and to the elders. Listen, I have sinned, he said. He declared, for I have betrayed an innocent man. Look at this. What do we care? It's already done, dude. Look at... You want to talk about three sharp words in the Bible? Look at that. What do we care, he says? They say, that's your problem. You've done this. Look at verse 5. Then Judas threw the silver coins down in the temple and went out and hanged himself. Now, Peter and Judas both denied Christ. They have two completely different ways to deal with that. Two completely different ways. We can look at 26, 
75. You back up a couple, a couple pages, maybe a page in your Bible. Go to, go to Matthew 26, verse 75. It says this, suddenly, this is Peter now. They were flashing back to Peter. Suddenly, Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind when he remembers Jesus saying, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times that you even know me. And he went away weeping bitterly. This is not crying. This is not your child, or you remember when you were a child, getting caught in the cookie jar. This is not crying because you got your bottom popped, or you got put in timeout, or whenever I was 16 and my dad took my keys. This is not cry- weeping bitterly. In, the, in biblical times, they had professional wailers. Okay, and then professional mourners, they would, they would wail, they would, they would cry, they would mourn for people. Weeping bitterly is their remorse with Peter. I, yeah. See, tear, but his tears alone wouldn't be enough. We know from observing the rest of Peter's life that the tears were tears of repentance. When there is repentance, it is different than just understanding you did wrong or what you regretted, you're asking God to forgive you for that. Yesterday, I called the person on the phone and I said, I'm sorry if it came off wrong to you. I felt bad. I was emotional. My tears were not tears just because I got emotional and I wanted to cry. My tears were this. I hope to goodness that I have not messed up a relationship by being so egotistical because I had to be right. It was remorse that I was showing. Now, his life, Peter, moved from the wrong, the wrong words to the right words. This is, this, is, this is great. Look at your worship handout. Peter found freedom from the regret of his past when he realized when he repented. I should just say, we should say, realize when he repented. He repented. Now, if you remember the story, when Jesus comes back, Jesus raises from the dead, okay? And if you remember in that story, God raises Jesus from the dead. Jesus comes back to talk to the disciples. Do you remember what, they, what, Jesus, what Jesus told them? He said, go tell the disciples and Peter that I'm going to meet them. Go tell the disciples and Peter. He's separated. When Jesus finally comes to him, Jesus forgives him not one time, not two times. He forgives him three times to take care of the three times that he denied him. Jesus forgave him. He understood that he could find freedom. Look at 1 Peter 2.24 on the screen real quick. Jesus, this is what he's talking about. This is Peter talking now. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, if you want to see a big quoted scripture of all time, by his wounds we are healed. Now, I want to show you something up here on top. He personally, I don't know if you, th- if you think about this, but Jesus, if he, listen, he was, number one, he was a, he was a low social person. He was a carpenter's son. He, he did not have a whole lot of money. This is probably some characteristics about him. The dude was probably ripped out of his mind. He was probably strong. He was, a pro, he, was a, he was a man's man. He probably had cuts and calluses. The Bible says that he's non-recognizable. He's kind of a plain-looking guy, but I bet he's strong. 
You're going to be working with tools all day, working with wood all day. You're going to be strong. And all of my life, I'm thinking, man, Jesus is a super strong superhero, God's son. And when he's on the cross, now watch, watch this. Maybe, maybe, maybe this will sink with you like it sank with me. Jesus is on the cross. Now all my life, I'm thinking, okay, when he died for my sins on the cross, God just put him on his shoulders, and Jesus is so strong with his shoulders, he just stayed up there like that. Look at what Peter says. He carried his sins in. I do, you want to talk about weeping. I sat at my desk, and when I did a word study on this and realized that this is talking about my sins completely tainting Jesus. This is another ball game. I'm thinking, well, it's okay if they're on top of his shoulders. Listen, Peter says he wore them inside him. He basically drank the cup of God's wrath. He put them in him. He died for all of them. See, I tell you that I study in my, and, and, and this part of the sermon, I began to start to preach. I wanted to see how it flowed, and I was alone. And you know, it's one of those, it's one of those things where if you, if you, maybe you're listening to a really good song that you like, and the first time you listen to it, it's kind of, you know, it's like on level three. And the second time, level six. And the third time, you're getting really into it, and it's like on level 12, and again, you bring out the water bottles and you're driving, and it's a drum time. Listen, I started preaching this part of the sermon in my house. I'm thankful that I was alone. And there was no video cameras because, I, man, I was getting into it. But he personally carried, look at this. God saw it so fit that he wanted to have a relationship with me so bad, and you too, that he took his son and he put our sin inside of his son. And when he died, The world was hopeless. And when God said, Arise, my love, on the third day, all of those sins were paid for. He died for them. He conquered death. He rose again. And Peter, who had denied Christ. See, Jesus is not here anymore. When Peter writes it, Peter is not here anymore. We take... The bold guy with the sword, he gets humbled by a servant's girl's questions. Do you think he ever forgot that night? No way. No way. We see a guy that's moved. After Acts chapter 2, when Jesus sends back the helper and he sends the Holy Spirit, this guy gets so wound up about Jesus (laughs) that he becomes one of the most influential, powerful speaker preachers this world has probably ever known. Because you know what I think he used? He said, there's not anybody out there that's done what I've done. He began to use his own story. And he had the boldness. Look at this. Peter was finished with regret. Peter repented for the wrong things that he said. He moved on to living the kind of life that God wanted him to. How do we know that? Peter is the dude that preached a sermon that 3,000 people became followers of Christ. Yeah. He gave himself, he gave his life to serve Jesus Christ. He gave himself to serve Jesus Christ. If you have one of those things that we talked about earlier that we have regret, give your life to God and let him use you 
in that situation. Yesterday, I did not want to pick up my cell phone. I did not want to pick it up. I was, listen, this is, this is my thinking. I'm right. I'm right. However I said it, I'm right. Listen, my thinking, I was still, I was, I was correct in some things. But the way that I delivered the message, I was a jerk. I said, you need to forgive me, man. Will you please forgive me? I'm sorry. This is what Peter experienced. Look at your worship handout. Peter experienced the faithfulness of God. Is God faithful? Is God faithful? Peter says yes. See, you know what the cool thing is? You know why Peter could write something like this? Because Peter realized that God never gave up on him. Listen, Peter denied God's only son three times on the night that he was going to be crucified. If there's, if there's a guy to fit the model of, of the, it's him. God, God never gave up on Peter. And I want to tell you something that some of you may not have ever heard before in your entire life today. I don't care where you've been, what you've done, or what you've seen. God has never and will not ever give up on you. I don't care how dark, I don't care how down, I don't care if your bottom of the barrel goes below the bottom of the barrel, I don't care. God's faithfulness, he will will keep after you. He loves you and his forgiveness covers all things. We, 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 We hear that and we go, oh yeah, amen. Okay, yeah, that's great. And then when we have to deal with it, then we, God wants us to do something, and we, we keep looking this way. Look this way. Look forward. God says, I'm moving you out of this. If you need to say you're sorry, say you're sorry. Let's go. Let's go. I have something for you. I have plans that you don't understand. Stop getting hung up on regret because you're not living for me. You're living for yourself. You're thinking, oh, man, what have I done? I can never, God can never help me with this. This is what God wants you to experience. He wants you to experience some of the best. Some of the best. I'm not going to tell you that you should be, that everybody should be rich and everybody should drive a new car. I'm not going to tell you that because I don't think it's biblically true. God says, my faithfulness is what I can give you. My promise to you. But you respond and you accept the opportunity that God's given you. Sometimes in, in our life we think, I don't even know where I am. I don't know where, some of you are sitting in your chair going, Matt, you don't understand what it's like to have this thing happen in our life. I talked with that person when I called them back the second time. And I told them what an arrogant idiot I was. And I asked for forgiveness for that. And then I got to talk with them about something else that I had no idea that God even wanted me to talk to them about. It just came up. And I got to encourage that person. He said, I'm just going through a lot right now. I said, listen, I have faced depression. I have faced things in my life that are not any type of funny. I was so deep in my life. Somebody asked me, they said, would you go back to high school? You could not stack enough $100 bills in this sanctuary or in this church building, and I would go back to high school. There is not a chance. 
I know some of you were the big, the big jocks in high school and you were awesome and everything. I got picked on every single day of high school. That's a reason for a lot of my rebellion in college. I wanted to fit in, so I just do anything I wanted. I got I to fit in, so I got to do this or I got to do this. I know some of you, well, you're not that small of a guy. I was 5'7 as a junior. Now the laughs come. I see. Hey, listen, if you grow, if you grow, if you grow uh, four inches, five inches, you, get, you, turn, you go from 5'7 to 6'1, and, and, they, and they show you at college what a weight room is, and you come back for your five-year class reunion, there was no picking on Matt. It was awesome. I walked out of there, I'm like, thank you, God. See, God's, God's faithfulness, he wants the best for you. He has a plan for you. I talked to that guy yesterday and I said, listen, if God can bring me out of where I've been, you don't have an issue. His faithfulness is bigger than anything you have in your life. Peter denied the Son of God three times and Jesus pursued him to forgive him. There's a lady named Emma Bombeck, and she wrote this. She said, if I had my life to live over again, I would have waxed less and listened more. Instead of wishing away nine months of pregnancy and complaining about the shadows over my feet, I'd have cherished every minute of it and realized that the wonderment growing inside me was to be my only chance in life to assist God in a miracle. I would have cried and laughed less while watching TV and I would have done them more while watching life. There would have been more I love yous, more I'm sorry's, more I'm listening. But mostly, given another shot at life, I would seize every minute and I would never give that minute back until there was nothing left of it. This is your life now. I told somebody yesterday, I have no earthly clue how it is possible that I have been on this earth for 35 years. Think about it. If you, the older that you get, my dad keeps saying, he goes, he keeps getting faster. I'm like, I hope not. Good night. There's, there's truth to what Solomon says in Ecclesiastes. He says, you are a vapor. You are not here that long. Why live in regret? Why waste minutes? You have a life right now. God wants you to respond and accept the opportunity that he gives you. Listen, he gives you an opportunity. Man, if that means calling up that person on your cell phone and going, oh, I can't do that yet. God, I need you to help me. I can't do that yet. And calling that person, writing that person an email, a letter, going to that person. Maybe you didn't have all the right answers. Maybe you didn't say all the right things. Maybe you need to go say, I'm sorry. Why live in regret? Is there something in your past you regret? Listen, I'm telling you, the healing that I've experienced from Celebrate Recovery about my past is absolutely not able to be, have a price put on it. There's no way. I've experienced freedom that I didn't even know existed. I've experienced freedom from things in my life that weren't my fault, that were my fault, there were things that I did that were stupid. And there's things that I chased that I shouldn't have. But all the while, do you know what? Didn't change God chasing me. He said, Matt, just turn around, dude. Turn around, man. You're running the wrong way. 
Don't neglect it. Don't neglect those who might have been touched by your wrong actions. Maybe you did something that had effect. Instead, recognize God's faithfulness. How about this? Tell God you're sorry. Do you realize that, has it ever occurred to you that nothing occurs to God? He knows you. He knows you better than your privacy setting with your location on your iPhone. He knows you. He knows the inward you. He knows the closets that you have. He knows you. If you need to, tell others that you're sorry. Allow the healing power of God's faithfulness to heal your life. When Jesus took those sins inside him, and he died, he died so that we may be healed. That's why it says by his stripes we are healed. By his pain we win. This is the most messed up math, comp- math problem in the world. Jesus suffers for me and I win. There's no way. There, there is not a math question in this world that makes any less sense than that. I don't deserve to have a relationship with Christ. Neither do you. I don't deserve to have God talk to me, but he does. I desire, man, I desire to be transformed into something else, to something more that God wants for me. I desire to deal with that stuff in my life. I have, and there's still something. If it comes up, this is what I learned from CR. If it came up, listen, I called that person back within an hour. The last time that you got mad at something, when's the last time you called and talked to somebody or you, you apologized to your mate within an hour? I know some of you are better people than me. I'm not that good. Jesus died so that we may be healed. Oftentimes we look back and we say, look God, look where I was stuck. And we say, look at the rut I've always been in in my life. A rut is simply this. You've already heard this from me before if you've been here at all. A rut is a grave with both ends knocked out of it. You're spinning. God says, I want you to have the freedom that I've designed you to have. There are some people in here right now that before you leave today, maybe there's somebody here that you need to go to and say, hey, I'm sorry. Hey, I'm sorry. Maybe you need on the way home, if you have a device that goes in your ear, don't talk on your cell phone, it's illegal. Maybe you need to call that person on your way home. Maybe you need to say, hey, can you meet me? I need to talk with you. I need to tell you that I'm sorry. This is not something that we do easy. This is not easy. As the, as the old saying goes, if it was easy, everybody would do it, right? And, and everybody's not doing it. See, Peter experienced the faithfulness. You can live a life of regret like Judas. And listen, we, we inwardly, we implode. We say, oh, I, I can't possibly do any better than that. And we just say, don't look at me anymore. I don't want to, and, and we just put ourselves over here and we completely let everybody else alone. And we say, no, no, no. I, I, I have to deal with this. Listen, you can't do anything. You can't do anything on your own to experience the kingdom of heaven. You cannot, you cannot do anything yourself it is god who chases after you don't be a recluse like judas did he he wore all of that inside him and it caused him to do something very very rational irrational or peter who messed up who weeps tears of repentance 
And Jesus actually came to him and said, I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. Now, look at what I have for you. Can you imagine the same, the same guy? The same guy that told that servant girl. Can you imagine this? It would have been in the right time frame. Watch this. The same servant girl that asked Peter, do you know who Jesus is? I've never seen that man. The same girl that asked that could have very well been in attendance of the, of the, the, the Pentecost sermon that he gives and 3,000 people get saved. I thought you said you didn't know him. I was wrong. He probably said something. Jesus forgave me. He can forgive you too. He's the new way. He's the new life. I challenge you this week. Get rid of that. Go forward. God doesn't want us to sit and spin our tires. If we have the Touch Someone Life gift, I'd like to ask Brandy, Austin, and Diane. We got one? Just one. How about... Oh, sweet. We got two. Perfect. All right. Brandy, Austin, and Diane Thomas. How about that? You guys come down here, please. There you go. They're going to email me the stories uh, after. If you have a a story from Touch Someone Life Gift and you haven't emailed me, email me, okay? I love reading them. You know what? If I have a bad day, do you know what I do? Wow. I go and read them. It really brightens my day. And the other other day, this past week, I'll share this real quick with you and we'll get out of here. There was a day that I did not feel like I was worth a whole lot. Maybe you feel that way sometimes, maybe you don't. I was in desperate need of encouragement. I'm not saying that so I get 78,000 Facebook instant messages, okay? I just had one of those days where I didn't think I could do anything right. Everything was going wrong. I couldn't do anything right. And I was in need of encouragement. And I just want to challenge you to do this. When we go through this transform study, I'm hoping to see a lot more of this stuff, that we don't have to get the bag to give away some money. That we don't have to, do, we don't have to get the, be the main one in the spotlight. We can do this on our own. And I want to show you what I did. I want to tell you what I did. Because I would never ask anybody, any, anybody in here to do something that I haven't already done. Or, ha- or wouldn't be willing to do. I don't think that's fair. I was in need of encouragement. You know what I did? I was out mowing my yard. It was the first part of last week. I was out mowing my yard and I was, you know what it is. I was just nasty. I pushed mow my yard. It was 188,000 degrees outside. I like winter, okay? There's a reason that I just, shoo. I like winter, okay? I know some of you are, oh, bah humbug, whatever. Okay, easy. Five months till Christmas, yesterday. Just kidding. Um, not really. <laughs> so we, I'm, I'm feeling just like junk. I mean, maybe you, maybe you understand what this is like. I can't do anything right. I just, I would, I would just kill for somebody to call me on the phone and say, hey, you're doing a good job. You're doing this. I don't, I'm not saying this, okay? I do not feel like this all the time. So I, ta- I said this. I said, God, I really, 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 really want to show someone. I really want to show someone how much you mean to my life that even in the bad days, I will serve you. Even when I don't feel like it, I'll serve you. I want to show, I'm something that God is really working on me about. And I said, okay, I got it. Some of you are going to think I'm nuts. So I went to somebody else's house. I didn't even ask their permission. I just mowed their yard too. 
when we understand what it means to give our life for God, we don't have to live with this past stuff anymore. Allow His faithfulness to roll out of us, to come off the sweat of our arms and the, and the touch and the hugs of our arms and our hands. Let the regret go. God is running for you. He's searching for you. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for allowing us to come here. We thank you for giving us this Sunday. God, we thank you for the rain. It seems we have enough, but thank you because you know best. Thank you for this opportunity to be here with these people. God, we love you. Help us this week to let go of the regret, that we can have freedom from the regret. In your name we pray. Amen.